Lessons for 2022. Let's take a look at a few stocks that have been absolutely crushed in the stock market recently. So I'm, we're talking down 90, 95, 99% in value. Some of these stocks, if you invested $10,000 at the peak, it is worth 100 bucks today. Let's look at these stocks and figure out what consistent themes there are between all of these stocks that we can use in our, our understanding of stock investing going forward. Now, there are many lists floating around the internet of stocks that have declined massively, but I, I wanted to pick these 13 stocks because I thought they were most interesting, and we're gonna pull out a couple themes. A couple themes I noticed when we go through these stocks. Number one, they're all burning cash. Number two, the earnings are not scaling with revenue. And number three, they're issuing shares to fill the cash flow burn. And we're gonna cover all of those, but I just wanna call them out now about exactly what themes I can detect, and we're gonna talk more about that as we go through. The list of the stocks is as follows. Carvana, uh, if you invested $10,000 in Carvana at the peak, it is now worth 100 bucks. That money is absolutely destroyed, 99% decline in value since its peak. Peloton right up there, 95% decline. If you invested $10,000 at the peak of Peloton, it is worth $500 today. Beyond Meat, Coinbase, Teldoc, Lemonade, Robinhood, and Snap, all rounding out the 90% decline list. Uh, Snap, if you invested $10,000, it is worth $1,000 today. Uh, the rest of the list, Zoom, DocuSign, Spotify, Tesla, and Netflix. Uh, Netflix is down 60%, so if you invested $10,000 in Netflix at the peak is now worth $4,147. So let's go through this list. We'll, we'll kind of understand the decline in market value of these stocks. We're gonna look at how much cash they're burning. Uh, does revenue scale with, with earnings? Uh, and, and are they issuing shares to fill the cash flow burn? Right? Let's get to work. So the first stock up is Carvana. Now Carvana, as you may or may not know, is a used car dealer. They buy uh, used cars on the open market from individuals or from auctions and they sell them online and they have a big fancy car tower that they build next to freeways which is very very popular but the question is do they make any money I mean this is fairly low margin business they have to buy a very expensive uh, asset an automobile which is depreciating over time and sell it as quickly as possible um, and so what they do, their actual revenue includes the entire sale of the car. It's not their spread, it's the entire value of the car. So their revenue is really, in my opinion, a little deceiving because the, the revenue includes the full value of the car, which really they should just look at the incremental gain from flipping the car, but that's a whole nother story. Let's check at look, take a look at the market cap. Now market cap in the graph behind me is the green line. And the green line peaked in about July 2021 at roughly $30 billion. And the most recent market cap is $500 million. So this stock went from $30 billion to $500 million of market cap. And you can kind of see why. If I look at cash flow, free cash flow or operating cash flow, it is largely negative every single quarter for the last three years, with the exception of one particular quarter in July 2022, where they made $106 million in the quarter. Every other quarter has been negative. And on top of that, or rather to fill the gap of, of, of cash burn, they are issuing shares. They had roughly... 
50 million shares outstanding three years ago. They have over 100 million shares outstanding today. So that's a doubling of the share count in three years. That puts pressure on the earnings and it's, 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 it's much easier for the stock. It weighs in the stock market and brings the stock price down. Next up is Peloton. Now, Peloton's very similar story, right? So Peloton peaked value at about $40 billion and has declined in market cap to $3 billion. So $40 billion to $3 billion. And you can see from the cash flow that Peloton actually made money. Prior to going to the IPO, this company made money. When it went IPO or went public, something switched in their strategy, in their mind frame, uh, maybe the owners cashed out and it was, they weren't playing with their money anymore. They were playing with shareholders' money because the, the cash flow for the business uh, moved negative very, very sharply, losing f almost $600 million the quarter following the IPO. It stayed down each quarter after that. $600 million, $440 million, $670 million, $342 million cash burn every quarter since the IPO. Most recent quarter, they made two hundred. They lost lost two hundred million dollars uh, of cash flow. And to fill that void, what are they doing? Well, they're issuing shares. You can see the shares have gone up from two hundred and eighty million shares to three hundred and forty million shares. That is issuing shares, flooding the market with their shares as they scramble for cash to try and fill the void. Again, selling shares means you 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 issue make shares out of thin air. You sell them to a willing buyer and you take that cash. That cash is used to offset operating losses or this cash flow loss. That's another reason. So what happens with the stock market is it's going to come down because as money tightens uh, and it becomes more expensive to, uh, to borrow money uh, and that you need a better return on your investment, investors get more um, uh, uh, fickle about how the how much earnings the company makes here this business has been burning money every single quarter hundreds of millions of dollars you're like well maybe this business is not worth the 40 billion i thought it was i'm going to sell and all that pressure pushes the stock price down let's take a look at beyond meat you're going to have a, you're going to see a consistent theme here that's one of the reasons i want to pull all the 13 stocks out because you're going to take away some big lessons going into 2023 beyond meat peaked at about 10 to 11 billion dollars of enterprise value and it's going to be a market cap and it's fallen to 800 million of market cap again last three uh three quarters in a row burning lots of lots of cash over a three-year period of time so each quarter during that three-year period of time they have lost money or burned cash not to mention the capex that they have to invest on top of the loss of operating cash flow uh, if you want more detail on that, check out my other videos where I go into in-depth on reading a cash flow statement. But basically, 900 million, 110 million, 165 million, and 70 million of burning cash each quarter uh, over the last year and a half. And that has really, really weighed on the company's, uh, on the investor's prospects of this business being profitable because ultimately a business is only worth the cash money it generates and if it's burning cash continuously investors only are willing to tolerate burning because they believe in the future cash will turn positive but as you can see from this from this chart revenue and EBITDA EBITDA is profit it's our measure of profit as revenue is is kind of flat earnings are falling more and more and more. So if you're an investor, you're saying, hey, I've invested in this stock 
and earnings are flat, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, revenues flat, earnings are declining, and the company's burning cash, why am I holding it? I'm going to sell it. And when they, when they do that, in mass, it drives the behavior, and that stock falls lower, lower, and lower. Hey, sorry to interrupt. If you like the content, please subscribe. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you want more stock tips, check my website out, cashflowinvestingpro.com, where I produce one-pagers like this one, summarizing 10 years of financial information for American Express. I give you a forecast of what I think it's going to do, and currently, I think it's yield 23% IRR for the next decade. An amazing stock pick. There's lots more. Check out the link below for a free one-pager at cashflowinvestingpro.com. Coinbase is an interesting one. It's on the list for the massive drop, and I think it's on its, it's drop is slightly different than all the other ones. But this one, you can see, uh, it peaked at about sixty billion dollars in value in, in market cap, and it's currently at eight billion. Rather interesting story here. They they were profitable cash flow wise. They made at their peak four billion dollars in one in one quarter uh, for their their cash flow from operations. It's a little lumpy, kind of goes up, kind of goes down a little bit. But overall, it seems like it was positive. Now, recently, the last couple quarters, it's been absolutely obliterated. Starting uh, three quarters ago with an $800 million cash loss, cash flow from operations, then a $3 billion loss in a single quarter in July 2022. And then more recently, a $953 million, almost a billion dollar cash burn. So last three quarters in a row, they have burned cash, basically $800 million, $3 billion, $1 billion is what they burned the last three quarters. And that, you have to question, what kind of business model is that? Now, the reason that has happened is because the cryptocurrency meltdown, a lot of their business as a brokerage house was the trading of crypto coins and the trading of stocks associated with the crypto industry. So that decline is pulling down value of people's portfolios, which means they're trading less, which means the fees to uh, to Coinbase is less. So a little bit of a different take, not exactly the same, uh, but still uh, a company that's losing, burning cash flow and the value coming down. Teldoc, uh, an online health healthcare uh, service provider. So here we got $30 billion of value at its peak, down to $3.8 billion. A very interesting story here. Some periods they're profitable. If you look at the cash flow from operations, the blue line, some periods they're profitable, some periods they are not. Um, I guess on average, if I had to draw a line across the entire thing, you're probably at 40 to $50 million per quarter of free cash flow. Uh, what I think what hurt these guys is, is the stock issuance that they did fairly recently. They basically doubled the number of shares outstanding here in, uh, in May of 2021. And that kind of issuance is on its own gonna have the price of the stock simply because you've doubled the number of shares outstanding. So that's one of the reasons for this decline. Also, just the simple multiple that this business is trading at. So if you're generating on average, let's say 40 million a quarter of operating cash flow, that's about 160 million 
a year in operating cash flow. Well, if our, if our market cap at the peak was $30 billion, $30 billion market cap divided by $160 million of operating cash flow is like 180 times multiple. That's very, 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 very high. Now, that stock price has come down to 3.8 billion. Now, 3.8 billion divided by 160 million of cash flow operations annually is about a 23 times multiple. That's a much more attractive multiple. Uh, post-stock issuance, post-decline, this business seems kind of interesting, but I think really the market multiple compression here is what brought that one down because the earnings growth, this growth in cash flow, wasn't nearly what investors were expecting. Lemonade, here's a very interesting online revolutionary insurance company. Let's take a look. So at their peak, they peaked about $6 billion of market cap, and it's fallen back down to just about a billion. So like a one-sixth of its value, uh, just about a billion dollars in market cap. So the cash flow from this business has been negative and increasingly so. Uh, earlier in the three-year period, they were, they were losing about... $30 million a quarter. That 30 has grown to 40. That 40 has grown to 50. Most recent quarter, $55 million cash burn for this business. And if you look at revenue, revenue is growing. However, earnings, EBITDA, are losing money at a faster pace. That means for every dollar of revenue that they gain, they lose more than the prior period in earnings. That is not a way to scale a business. Robinhood Markets, this is going to be similar to the Coinbase review we just did. Let's take a look. When they IPO'd, they got about a $35 billion valuation uh, in, uh, say, 2021, July 2021. And then it's fallen back to $700 million over time. Now, cash flow itself, cash flow itself has failed to grow. Here, it's positive, it's negative, it's positive, it's negative, but it's never really growing uh, at, at all. And, uh, and then I think with the, with the decline of crypto here, the, vo the trading volume, the portfolio values of people on Robinhood has have come down and therefore Robinhood's revenue and thereby earnings and cash flow have fallen as well. But it's, it's still, uh, there's some pretty big negative cash flow numbers that they have produced in a quarterly basis. For example, back in July, they lost $1.2 billion in a single quarter of cash flow. Well, this business's market cap is only $7 billion. So in se their market cap $7 billion, but one single quarter, they lost $1.3 billion. That, that's an upside-down company. That doesn't work. They're also issuing shares. As you can see from the shares have grown slightly. Uh, $800 million share, 835 million shares when they IPO'd to 890 million today. Snap. Let's take a look at this company. This company's been public for a long time, and I would think that their results would, would, would be better than these, but they're really lackluster, and I think that's why the stock has absolutely fallen. No one's willing to put up with their promises anymore. So they had $123 billion valuation. That's an absolute absurd number. $123 billion for this company. Uh, it has fallen down to $13 billion. I'll say that again, $123 billion to $13 billion. Absolutely astonishing. So let's take a, take a look at cash flow from operations. So cash flow from operations has been largely negative. Uh, $66 million 
in a quarter, 55 million in a quarter. This is three years back. 25 now. They got a, they got a profitable one back in April of 2021. They made 140 million dollars in a single quarter. Good job. But that does not sustain a 123 billion dollar company. Not even close. In the following quarter, they lost 1 million 100 million. They got a nice little spike, 185, 127 million of positive cash flow, but then it reverts negative again, negative 124. So they're all over the map. There's no clear path of growth. It's positive, it's negative, as they kind of monkey with the accounting um, uh, jargon of cash flow. Uh, it's going positive, negative, positive. And that's never a great sign. You flip down to the um, to the share count, share count is growing. If cash flow was truly positive, they would not need to issue shares and that line would be flat. Ideally, it would be declining as they buy back shares. But because cash flow here is up, down, up, down, the totality of this is negative and that's why they're issuing more shares to backfill. Zoom communication, the, uh, the pandemic darling that has given up all of its gains. It went from a 40, $30 billion company, ballooned up to $150 billion and have pulled all the way back to pre-pandemic levels at $13 billion. Interestingly, the company actually makes money. Uh, so Zoom communications, last quarter, $295 million of operating cash flow. It's been positive this entire time. So if I go backwards in time, $295 uh, million the prior quarter 257 the prior quarter 526 two quarters from that 195 468 I mean all all excuse me it was 395 then 468 all positive multi-million dollar operating cash flow quarters that's really interesting and if you look at the share count here share count itself is uh, is 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 not that bad it's up but it's not nearly like what we've seen in some of these other companies. So they started with 280 million shares before the pandemic, and they have 297 today. That's 17 million more shares is nothing. Uh, this business does make money. It's simply a market multiple compression is what we're seeing here. Let's take a look at DocuSign. Now DocuSign has peaked at about $60 billion of market cap. It's pulled all the way down to about $10 billion of market cap. If I look at revenue, revenue has grown over that period of time, about $300 million of, annual, of quarterly revenue to $645 million of quarterly revenue. However, earnings have not kept up with that pace. So earnings, uh, revenue has basically doubled over this period of time. Earnings have gone from losing about $40 million in a quarter to uh, last, last, last two quarters previously is basically zero. They were minus 23 million two quarters ago, and they were plus 20 million last quarter. So I can net that out for a zero. If I go three quarters back, they're zero. So I think this company is growing earnings and hasn't really moved the needle on, on excuse me, the, this company's growing revenue and has not moved the needle in earnings. Revenue is up 300 by $345 million quarterly over the last three years. But earnings have gone from negative 30 million to zero. That doesn't make much sense. Their business is not scaling with their revenue. We don't like to see that. Cash flow from operations looks like it's positive. It's been positive the entire time. And you've got uh, the share base outstanding 
uh, is not that is not that big. It has not grown that materially. It's up a little bit, 183 million shares to 200 million shares. That's definitely up, but it's not like it's doubling. So DocuSign is an interesting business. Uh, they don't make the money. They need to figure out how to take some of the revenue that they're making, the $645 million per quarter that they're making, and keep a dollar of it. Please, just give me $1 of earnings for a year. I'd greatly appreciate that. Okay, Spotify. Spotify has gone from a peak of about $60 billion of uh, market cap and has fallen back to $14 billion of market cap since the pa- through the pandemic. Now, interestingly, cash flow of my operations here is positive. 130 million, 70 million, 64 million, 135 million, and then more recent quarters, about $40 million flat each quarter. So they're making about 40 million a quarter, uh, then 160 million a year of operating cash flow. The problem here, the problem here is that operating cash flow adds back stock-based comp. And all these companies that I've reviewed have this issue. I have not pulled it up because I don't want to say the same thing over and over and over again. Here, I've broken out the stock-based comp. And you can see stock-based comp each quarter is roughly $20 million. Well, if they make $40 million of operating profit uh, and, ha- and half of that is going to the shareholders, excuse me, to the, to the, to the, to the employees as stock-based comp, then the cash flow to you and I, the equity owners, is much, much less than we actually think it is. So this company that has that still has a $14 billion market cap makes $20 million of cash flow a year after adjusting a quarter, $20 million a quarter, uh, after adjusting for stock-based comp. So if I take $20 million per quarter, uh, annualize it, that is $80 million of uh, annual cash flow, $80 million divided into a $14 billion market cap is far too expensive of a multiple still at this company. They have to figure out how to take their revenue and turn it into cash flow. Tesla. Tesla, we've reviewed before. I'll be very quick. Peak market cap, $1.1 trillion. And that has absolutely been obliterated. Market cap now $474 million and falling. Why? Cash flow is strong and growing. They are issuing shares, one point, excuse me, 2.8 billion shares, now 3.1 billion issuing a lot of shares, but mainly it's just the market multiple here. That the market, the mar- multiple on cash flow is far, far too high for their market and it's finally coming back to earth. Netflix, kind of the last one on the list for us. Peak market cap, $278 billion. Its current market cap, $131 billion. You can see operating cash flow for these guys is positive, negative, positive, never never really grows. They are paying way too much for their content and really not growing the operations. Also, stock-based comp for this, for this company is absolutely off the charts. Last quarter alone... <clears throat> Stock-based comp for this company is absolutely off the chart. Last quarter alone, they spent $152 million in stock-based comp. That is far too much to pay for mediocre financial results. Okay, so that concludes our review of these 13 stocks and kind of what the themes are that we can pull out. Number one, burning cash. Most of these companies are burning cash, and we don't want to see that. You want to see a company that generates cash flow over time, quarter in, quarter out, year in, year out, ideally. Some companies, it's going to oscillate. I get that. But over the totality of the period, you need them to be cash flow positive. 
You need that cash flow to be able to afford CapEx. It needs to be able to afford stock-based comp and just look at it net of all that. It should be positive and should be growing. Earnings are not scaling with revenue. That's a big deal, big issue here. That's why we look at earnings and revenue here in the channel. You want to see growing earnings and growing revenue together. Ideally, earnings growing faster than revenue is growing, so the margins increasing. Last thing, issuing stock to fill the cash flow gap. This is a big trick that companies pull because they can add back stock-based comp on the P&L. Often you hear an adjusted earnings number or an adjusted EBITDA number. That's them adding back costs that they don't that they want you to ignore, such as stock-based comp. You absolutely must treat it as a cash cost like I do on this channel. That issuing stock weighs on the investor's return and it's how they fill the cash burn. So you want a company that's not issuing stock, but actually buying back stock. You want to see stock declining over time. That's part of the trifecta that we look at and I'll talk about later. So that's three consistent themes that we found uh, just going through these 13 financials. There are a couple other ones. Market multiple contraction, that's the overall market. As, as the risk premium goes up for being an equity owner, you want a greater return. Therefore, you're going to be paying us. You're not. You're unwilling to pay the high price, and you're selling stocks. And you're and that market multi, that selling pressure brings down the multiples and shrinks value on a per cash flow basis. Now, if you want to take these lessons and apply them going forward, I highly recommend you, you subscribe to the channel. You visit my webpage, cashflowinvestingpro.com. Behind me is the cash flow one pager that we distribute in the cash flow club. What this does is summarize the five key factors that you should look at in a stock. Number one, top line revenue. Revenue should be growing. Number two, earnings or EBITDA earnings should be growing ideally faster than revenue. Number three, strong free cash flow. We covered a lot of these companies are burning cash and they try to hide it from investors. That's why we always look at free cash flow. Number four, low debt. We didn't talk about it, but a lot of these companies I reviewed have debt on them and you wanna make sure that the companies you buy have very, very little debt. Number five, a well-priced stock. What is a well-priced stock? It's a stock that you can put a conservative forecast into the future and the expected return on that stock is to beat the market. That is the idea of something that's well-priced. We're not looking for cheap, we're not cigar butt picking off the floor here. We're trying to find a reasonable price to pay for a stock and that's the idea behind that. The last thing I wanna bring up is the trifecta. What is the trifecta? The trifecta is a company that meets all five criteria and has a couple key things. One, they're buying back stock. Companies that buy back a lot of stock over 10, 20, 30 years, you can you will absolutely see a hockey stick return on that equity profile because the pie is shrinking and you grow an ownership percentage of this wonderful business. So stock, stock buybacks are really, really, really big. Earnings growth is part of the trifecta, but you want to see earnings growth. And number three of the trifecta is a market multiple expansion, basically the opposite of what we're currently witnessing. It's when you can buy a company at a reasonable price, say eight, nine, 10 times earnings, and it doubles to 20 times earnings. That means for every dollar of earnings it generates, it doubles in value. You add earnings growth on top of that, plus stock buyback, and you get an absolutely exponential return. That's a trifecta. That's what we hunt for in the cash flow club. Check out the link in the description below for a free cash flow one pager. I'll give you this uh, free cash flow one page. You can see how it how it looks. It gives you 10 years of historical financial information. We go through relative value and debt value metrics for 10 years. 
I give you free cash flow calculations, revenue, EBITDA, debt, enterprise value. And we forecast. We forecast equity, uh, forecast free cash flow, and we forecast EBITDA to give you price targets based on those two uh, metrics out 10 years. That's what we're trying to do. If I put a conservative forecast on a stock for 10 years, a hold time of 10 years, will it beat the market over that 10-year period of time? If you believe that the assumptions here are correct, then it's worth taking a look to see if you want to buy the stock. But a lot of the growth stocks behind me, I have reviewed on this channel in the past. For example, Tesla, I reviewed it twice in this channel. Take a look at my old videos. I have I told you the stock was overpriced then because the simple forecast that I would put in would not beat the market. And that is a telltale sign for stock that's overpriced. Also, check out my video, Domino's versus Google. Now, did you know that Domino's Pizza IPO'd the same time about 16 years ago that Google did? And if you bought Domino's at the IPO versus buying Google at the IPO, Domino's Pizza outperformed as a stock relative to Google Report, reporting over 5,000% return because of the trifecta. They grew earnings, they bought back stock, and they had a market multiple expansion. That is a very, and the forecast there was a single digit forecast going forward. Google IPO'd an expensive multiple. The multiple has actually shrunk since it IPO'd, and it's no longer, so you have a market multiple contraction. They paid no dividends and didn't buy back any stock. So only you're only left with the stock gain, and the stock gain is only so much. Domino stock gained, earnings grew, and market multiple expansion allowed you to get a hockey stick return. So take a look at that. You can also check out my website. Please subscribe to the channel. I really do appreciate it. Behind me, this is the cash flow one pager if you're interested in getting in the service, there's a link in the description below, cashflowinvestingpro.com, where you can sign up for the Cashflow Club. We have analysts in there, myself. We are kicking out 10 to 15 stocks every month that we think are very interesting. Some of them are forecasting to produce 20, 25% annual returns for a decade because the market has absolutely fallen and stocks are cheap or becoming even cheaper. So take a look uh, at that. Also, if you wanna learn to become a financial analyst, I do teach a course. Uh, on how to become a financial analyst, where I give you an Excel model. We go through Apple all 10 years of their financials, and I teach you how to read the financials, how to pull out the, the salient factors to build a forecast model and project what you think that company's worth. Definitely check that out. All right, my name is Cameron Stewart, CFA. Thank you very much for watching the show, Rational Investing. If you haven't yet, please smash that subscribe button. Really appreciate it. Uh, hit the like button and throw me a comment down below. What other stocks would you like to see? What stocks can I do for you? I've got a lot planned in the new year and I really greatly do appreciate all the support. Uh, last thing, I've got two more announcements on the cash uh, on the website. I've got a <clears throat> Cashflow Pro private client service where you're basically having your own analyst and we will value your specific portfolio and track that portfolio for you over time. You also get direct access to me on monthly Zoom calls. Finally, the last service is an outsourced CFO service. I am a professional CFO. I've been CFO for many, many years, been in finance for about 20 years and have turned around companies, uh, participated in IPOs, raised billions of dollars in debt and equity, bought companies, sold companies, I've done a lot in 20 years. Uh, and I'm happy to help you and your company grow uh, and introduce you to buyers or, of businesses or other capital providers to go do what you want to do. That's a new service, an outsourced CFO service, if, uh, if you're interested. You can be, check all those out at the website, cashflowinvestingpro.com. 
All right, up is going to pop hopefully a couple uh, other discounted stocks or, or value-based investing stocks. Uh, take a look at those reviews and let me know what you think. Greatly appreciate the time and uh, happy new year. Bye-bye.